0: welcome to the westminster effects doxology podcast where we explore popular praxis songs and ideas in the modern church world in the light of sola scriptura and tota scriptura i'm cody fields president of westminster effects go buy stuff for your guitar, westminstereffects.com. Make sure you join in the discussion in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe and share and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Welcome to episode number 200. Four 200. years.
1: 200. 200. Uh, we'll just go in reverse order. You heard him via the hey. interwebs we're joined by. <laughs> this is John Ross, Westminster Effects artist, Augsburgian Christian, Admiral of the state of Nebraska, had to throw that in for uh, for our our bicentennial, uh, yeah. And surprisingly, actually, on the show and on uh, the show today, yeah. how about it? And in person,
2: hey, it's Bradley Cox, pastor at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. Um, unlike John, I don't work for a living, so I, I'm able to be here more often.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being in ministry, like you work once a w- one day a week, one
1: right? day a week. That's it, right. and First only for a few the hours. World.
0: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so let's jump into the main topic on this the 200th episode so we had a an inquisition question from I, I drew Medin drew Meden I'm going to say Medin there we go uh, it's better than it's easier than pro- pronouncing a Hungarian name but whatever <laughs> and, and he brings up Rob Bell's old NUMA videos. Uh, he remembers watching those in youth group, you know, like 20 years ago. Yep. And, and he says, how can youth leaders today prevent those kinds of mistakes from ever happening again? <laughs> and uh, when he asked that, I was like, was it really that bad? Like had Rob Bell really already jumped off the cliff of liberalism before things like his book, erasing hell or was that what was, was that? What it was love wins. love wins. First- it was,
1: Francis Chan
0: was erasing hell. Yep. If
1: and then I remember he had, correctly. had the, the, the sequel on uh, erasing hell. Mm. Ah, okay. Yes. I think I, so, I've got, I've got that one too. I haven't read it because you know why, but because yeah. you have better things to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so the question was, you know, had he already jumped ship from orthodoxy at that point? And I watched the first Numa video on YouTube w- legally. It wasn't some rip. It, Zondervan actually has it on their channel. And yeah, it really was. Uh, The only mention of Jesus uh, was, you know, you have the foolish man who built his house upon sand, and he said that was akin to choosing to not build your life on the teachings of Jesus, and you have the wise man who built his house upon the rock, which is akin to building your life on Jesus' teachings, which is not the same as trusting in Jesus for your salvation. Right. Like, right. like at all. Uh, right. and, then, and then he tells this story about going on a hike with his then one-year-old son getting caught in a storm and him telling him, it'll be all right, buddy, like the whole time around. And that's what God is doing with us. He's holding his tight saying, it'll be all right. But he never says why. Why mm-hmm. will it be okay?
1: Right. Right, like well, the, the illustration is fantastic. And, you know, like that—that that is one thing about the numa videos. I remember watching them. I think it was college, um, early college, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, very well produced, right? It, uh, I think they—they they have this very casual uh, man on the street vibe to them, walking and around downtown,
0: looking right, into a camera,
1: as if it were just a conversation, right? It, you know that—that that sort of rapport that probably almost every youth leader wants to have with the people in their youth group i'm just a dude yeah right like what is up fellow kids Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and the illustration is uh is is great it's i i found no fault with the illustration that is most of the video if he would have just left it there like if it were if it were one of those uh, programs where there's a little bit of like video content to kind of set the tone and then like a qualified teacher or, or something would, would come behind it and explain uh, explain that just like if you were to show a clip from, I don't know, the chosen or something right as, <laughs> as a, as a visual allegory and then come behind it and, and tell like that could be really cool. Like, I had no problem with, uh, with the illustration, uh, but, the emphasis was was all on what amounts to choosing to do things that come naturally out of a sanctified life. I mean, realistically.
0: Which, which is effectively legalism. Sure. Which is what liberalism is. It's just the mm-hmm. flip side of fundamentalist legalism yeah. because it's all
1: about what you do. It's yeah. not about who you trust. Right. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, you know... And, and he I'm could have gone to... there with the illustration too. He could have gone yeah. the right direction.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm not trying to give Rob Bell the benefit of the doubt. 20 years ago, Rob Bell. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, now it's obvious. But I remember. I'm thinking back to that time period. 20 years ago, um, 25 years ago. I remember everything was about trying to be relevant mm-hmm. because <laughs> the the prevailing thought was. The church had become irrelevant and and irrelevant primarily because of our perhaps legalism, fundamentalism, holding on to to traditions uh, Mm -hmm. and ways of doing things, ways of saying things, ways of talking about things related to the gospel, to scripture, to Jesus. And therefore, what we needed to do was just get a a massive update. The church needed to become 2.0. We needed to leave behind 1.0. And um, Rob Bell at the time was a breath of fresh air. I remember feeling that way about those NUMA videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I, I'm struggling to remember the content of them even at this point, but uh, at least a lot of it. But I remember feeling like it was a breath of fresh air because, you know, you just think about the setting he's walking in the streets, right? He's yeah. not in a church. Yeah. And that was a, that was a, signal he was saying Mm. something with that Mm -hmm. is that this is real life man on the street kind of talk about spiritual matters um and i think that's what he was going for but perhaps in the process which i think was not only true of rob bell it was true of a lot of others that just started to more and more disconnect from being rooted uh, in scripture yeah, being rooted in the the truth of God's word and 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 what it reveals about Christ. I mean, we just did a Bible study a little bit ago uh, in Colossians one and two, and you know, we we just Paul's saying, I'm laboring to present everyone mature in Christ. You know that you, your focus needs to be on the the mysteries, mm-hmm. the hidden mysteries of God, and the treasures of God that are now revealed in Christ, so that you're not led astray or held captive by plausible arguments, persuasive speech. And I think, you know, I I wonder, I don't know this for a fact, but I wonder if Rob Bell wasn't seduced himself by his own ability to be persuasive. Oh, yeah. You know, Mm. Paul Paul comes to the Corinthians and says, I didn't come with persuasive words of man's wisdom. I came in fear and trembling and with demonstration of power and of the spirit. Mm Mm-hmm um but you you know Rob Bell's compelling there's no denying that yeah he's a oh, fantastic yeah. I mean,
1: communicator yeah like if i have i have a hard time paying attention to something that i don't want to watch right like i don't watch much television at all i guess i'm just a masochist like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Cody's uh Cody's famous uh, watch parties for the bachelor and bachelorette double headers <laughs> No, a, I, for it, the it, record, of, I've a never Greer done. Spartanburg Lyman fame, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, but I found myself hooked, hooked into it, and I was like, "Man, not the message is just he was such a compelling, attractive speaker." Yeah. Um, and you know, coming coming out of that, I mean, to take us, I mean, we we could hash on. Uh, we could deconstruct, right, uh, this video, others. But the the real core of the question is, how do we make sure that this doesn't? Th- this sort of... Uh, I don't know to go as far as wolves in sheep's clothing, because I don't think that was the intention at the time, right? Uh, but how to prevent a theologically liberal or unsound... Messages from seeping in to uh, you know to our congregations to our families and, and so on and so forth and we we've talked about this with with contemporary Christian music and and you can you can see some of the um, I'm not going to say origins but some of the more earlier uh, manifestations of this even in the Rob Bell video is. If you look at that video and some of the content, that you know, God's gonna hold you. He's gonna say, I love you. It's okay. You know, that's the same message as the majority of Christian music of CCM Mm -hmm. today. Yeah. And not necessarily the praise choruses and things. um, As much as we rag on Chris Tomlin for being crazy, he does write some good stuff. Um, But stay away from Joyce Meyer, Chris Tomlin, if you ever listen to this. Uh, but like there's that song that came out a couple years ago by Tasha Layton. It's going to be okay. I mean, I'm not familiar, but I mean, it's n- I can it's- already see where you're going. It's not great. There's like a portion of the course that's like musically interesting, but that's it. Sounds kind of post-mill to me.
0: <laughs> Here I am thinking of moralistic therapeutic deism and Bradley just goes for the jugular with post-millennialism.
1: Here we go. Buckle up. I you know I I can I, see what the rest of the episode's going to be like. <laughs> I don't know if the songwriter uh, would be able to uh, answer that question with me, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with the, or answer Jocs that. Shots fired! Shots fired! Um, but yeah, you know, twenty years removed, right? And and that uh, that therapeutic nature or that that therapeutic quality or the therapy. Therapeutic emphasis, that's what I'm going for. The therapeutic mm-hmm. emphasis of, uh, of Christian-ish teaching is still incredibly prevalent. And we're just like Rob misses why we trust Jesus, why it's going to be okay, why God loves us, so on and so forth, and he just skips over that to the fact that he does, so many so much of the music and, and arguably teach. Now I can't say I can give examples of teaching uh, because you know, I like what I like and I stay away from the stuff that I don't. Um, but with music, I can, I can speak to that and it's, they propose a solution or, or provide comfort, a statement of comfort without saying where that comfort comes from. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the, it's the same, it's the same
0: thing. And you know what else? You know what else I've been kind of stewing on recently is how prevalent it is now. And I think this stems, at least from that time, maybe not necessarily from the Numa videos, but I, th- I think there's a hint of this at least of it's so prevalent to hear, uh, like a preacher say, you know, I don't have it all together either. Yes, yep. even though there's a biblical requirement to be above reproach and character, yeah. right? And so.
1: There's, it's but I mean, a- it, it, pause there. I mean, that's not to that's not to say that the that the the pastor should present himself as untouchable, right? Or, no, or yeah. holier than thou. But it shouldn't necessarily be that uh, you know I. You know, I just slept with three women this past weekend, but you know what? He still loves me. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Too it's soon gonna gonna Hill be okay. Song? I'm sorry. Song
0: <laughs> yeah, if the pastor gets up and every week there's an, another illustration about how he just royally screwed something up,
2: yeah,
0: I'm going to have questions. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, but, you know, the whole, I, I don't have it together either. Well, maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, are, that's, aren't we that, called to obedience and sanctification, and at least having something together? You don't have to have every single thing together, yeah. But right. we are called to.
1: I think it it's together. healthy. I think it's healthy to be forthright. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, um, Pastor Hutton, our, our current pastor, uh, I think it was his. It was within his first three sermons that he that he gave once he joined us. I mean, it was his, the allegory for that day. The the lead in uh, to the homily was uh, was his struggles with uh, struggles with depression and mm-hmm. his struggles with uh, um, we'll call it uh, graphical arousal material <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> wow hey i i, <laughs> That's I don't a new one i don't want i don't want to be flagged you know this is 200 we got to get the word out but anyways he was so forthright <laughs> oh and it, it did give that uh it did give that level of of trust like i trust you i'm confessing to you right well you guys can't see thankfully because this is an audio format is, uh, is my two co-hosts on my first day back in like four weeks just give me the hardest time, <laughs> which I can say I appreciate.
0: Oh, yeah. And you deserve it. Uh, that's yeah. the thing is you totally deserve it in this, in this case. Well,
1: so be it. So Anyways, be it. Uh, but th- there, is, there is something to be said, and there is value in being... Uh, in being human and being forthright that we do have struggles regardless of your position or your office or your vocation, but you should immediately pivot into how God is working in your life, how God has worked through, through scripture, through history, so on and so forth.
0: Don't worry about it, Bradley. Sorry. I'm over here with my stomach growling and Oh, It was gotcha. fairly audible, even with Bradley's in-ears in. Ears in.
2: Mm. So, well, I agree yeah. with you, John. I mean, I yeah. I was a little bit transparent on Sunday just saying, mm. like...
1: um, The bald thing? Know, the who? The balding thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. then he called sheep n- bears. We've in, noticed. Whole thing. We've noticed.
2: Well, I mean, I'm, I'm in Luke 18 where Jesus tells two parables about prayer. One's about persisting and not losing heart in prayer, and the other's about not trusting in your own righteousness in prayer. And I just gave some personal examples about how I've struggled with both of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I'm agreeing with you. I think a level of transparency from pastor-teacher elders is good for the church. But yet at the same time, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out, I guess, looking back with hindsight, were there signs with Rob Bell that we could have maybe smelled where this was going before it went there? because the numa videos are pre shall we say uh, pre rob bell's own deconstruction yeah mm-hmm. at, at least it, it being official so w- were there things that we could smell I, and, and honestly i i don't know i wouldn't want to nitpick every word he said but you know i was just having this conversation with a friend at lunch that when you every new testament epistle In some form or another, is addressing false doctrine, false teaching, Mm -hmm. people who are 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 giving false doctrine, false teaching. And there is there are warnings, exhortations, and admonishments to God's people to not be seduced by that. Mm -hmm. And if you look at every epistle, and even the book of Hebrews is the same way. You know, like in the book of Hebrews, there's the famous verse about. You Know you're still on milk, not solid food. You should be teaching this stuff by now. And and one of the big issues in that the letter of Hebrews addresses is you know, sort of an overemphasis or people that were enamored with angels. Mm-hmm. There's a ton mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Hebrews about angels. And the writer of Hebrews goes on not to deconstruct the arguments about angels, he just lauds Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Paul does the same thing in Colossians. Peter does the first thing, same thing in First and Second Peter. John does the first thing and the same thing in his epistles. It's it's every one of them. You look at it, the the writer is inspired to magnify, exalt uh, Christ. Yep. That was the exact Over and word
1: I was going to use was magnify.
2: Yep, absolutely. Any diminishment of emphasis on the person. Of Christ, the sufficiency of his sacrifice, and the ultimate good of his glory is leaving the door open for there to be uh, distraction or um, a wandering away, if you will from
1: orthodoxy mm-hmm. or misconstruing it's, something i mean even even with the bit about the the personal examples and the personal vulnerability, I mean you share it from a place of magnifying. How God has worked with you, has sent his spirit to en- encourage you in prayer, mm. to enable you in yep. prayer, whereas seemingly, right, like Mr. Bell is not on the program, but seemingly he shares that bit about I don't get it all right, is a, is a relational point, is a connection point to the audience rather than a point to magnify Christ. It's to magnify that, hey, I'm one of you, listen to me yeah yeah you know <laughs> yeah we we don't have i I want to get
0: our youth guy Ethan on mm-hmm. on the podcast soon, uh, but he's on a sabbatical, so mm-hmm. <laughs> he's untouchable right now mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but to bring it full circle to how do we make sure this kind of thing doesn't you know seep into our to our youth programs, um, I think we just answered the question, right? Is, yeah. is get your eyes off of, you know, what's flashy. Stop right. paying attention to what people think is relevant and point them to Jesus. Uh, so, for example, in, in our youth program right now, we're crawling through uh, the gospel of Mark. Mm-hmm. Verse by verse, section by section, and talking about it. And, and part of the emphasis is, yes, you can read the Bible and understand it right? You're not going to have every single old, you're not going to understand every single old Testament reference immediately. Right. Like if, if Mark says make some oblique reference to Isaiah or something like that, you know, I don't expect a 16 year old to, Oh yeah, that was totally (laughs) (laughs) right. No, That was types Uh, of shadows, blah, blah, blah. Right. (laughs) Like there's a learning process. Right. So it's, you know, part of the learning process is being pulled along you know, mm-hmm. from, from the shallow end to the deep end, gradually, uh, but the whole emphasis is, what is Jesus up to in this gospel? You know, right. what, why is he saying these things, and for whose benefit is he saying them? As this (laughs) is just this is just an adventurous (laughs) this is just an adventurous episode episode two hundred baby bodily functions
1: and (laughs) yeah I barely heard the sneeze but I guarantee you that my twelve to one compressor that I put on the program is going to catch it
0: (laughs) oh yeah let's hope we're professionals (laughs) we are four years and two hundred episodes
1: yes sir this
0: is how we act you know but anyway. Put the oh, emphasis yeah, on Jesus. Stop putting the emphasis on how many marshmallows someone can stuff in their mouth. Yeah,
1: that's right. I mean, the there. Thankfully, ours our program doesn't have uh, this. There are activities, there are team building activities and relational activities, you know, stuff like that. But that's not the core of it, right? It's not just uh, wild and crazy kids or double dare on a Sunday morning um, (laughs) Wow, aging myself there. That Uh, makes (laughs) me so happy. Mark Summers. Yes, sir. Man, you're my guy. Uh, But it takes work. It takes expertise, work, and time to teach The gospel to teach the law to teach the full counsel of God. It takes effort. Yeah, it takes more effort than it does for um, a marshmallow eating contest. It takes more effort Hmm. um, than you know just selling T-shirts in the North. It takes more effort than just buying a DVD off the shelf at the Christian bookstore and showing it to your teenage folks on a Sunday morning. I understand that not every church will have a dedicated youth leader, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, One that's on staff has the time for prep work and things like that, but there are published, there are published materials that, I mean, from, I mean, pick your, uh, your, your, at least semi-Orthodox publishing house, uh, preferably Concordia publishing house. Uh, (laughs) Not biased at all. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, and work through, work through the material there. I mean, what youth need more than some trendy guy on the screen and more than um, someone who's just going to be that, that fun older friend is they need a real person to be a real role model to show them what being a mature Christian looks like. Yeah. And it doesn't sound fun or attractive or appealing. Um, and and I'm not that guy because I still listen to DC Talk, but <laughs> I wish we'd all been ready. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. If if I wasn't done with my thought, I'd say, don't you think it's about time for intermission? Yeah. Anyways, that was yeah, that was one of their albums. Anyways, uh, but nonetheless, they they need a qualified teacher, and if if you're not able to hire somebody for whatever reason. Um, then that's where walking with your volunteers, walking with your laity to have them be alongside the pastorate, have them be alongside the elders to learn how to teach in, in a understandable way. Right. I mean, we're, we're not going to bring, uh, middle schoolers, you know, full into, to systematics right away, but Yeah. I don't know. I kind of trailed off there,
0: but um, I do that. Consistency. Land the plane for us, Bradley, and we'll go to the Inquisition. Well, from an apologetics standpoint, like uh, again, this
2: guy that, that I was talking with today, who is is a bit of an expert in apologetics, you know, he was saying that you know you take guys like um, Lee Strobel, Josh McDowell, etc., and read their books, which are very detailed, mm-hmm. and the The entirety of the book is focused not on the gospel and not on Christ, but on deconstructing these arguments, Yep. you know, or uh, trying to prove the historicity of the Bible, uh, Mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. And what he was saying to me was he's saying, you know, I, I don't even go there anymore with people. I believe the Bible is the word of God because of what Paul said in Timothy. You believe evolution because of what Darwin said. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm playing the same card in in a sense. Like you, you, you don't have any more proof than I do Mm -hmm. in that regard. And I think that I bring that up to just simply say, um, we don't need our kids, our students, our own children. Um, so caught up with trying to be relevant or um, have plausible arguments of their own uh, as much as we need them to see, save, or know the mystery of God revealed in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that to me is fundamentally where Rob Bell came off the rails.
0: And we come to the Inquisition, where you submit questions to us via weekly post in the Westminster Effects Toxology Podcast Lounge, and we answer them on the fly. And as is tradition, we start with Brian Morris, who asks, I've been asked to guest preach at a church on Reformation Sunday about the Reformation. What are some things I definitely should and definitely should not mention? And he says, don't bring up circumcision. Because, of course, I'm going to mention that. <laughs> Every chance not, Brian gets, he brings yep. up circumcision. What
2: should he mention and what should he not mention? Yes. All right, Lutheran John.
1: <laughs> it is kind of my holiday. Um, I, I would actually say uh, don't focus on Luther. Don't focus on the Reformation. Focus on the content of yep. what God revealed through it. Yeah. Um focus on salvation by grace through faith alone. Focus on the solas and done. You don't need to bring in, you know, 16th century politics. Right. Uh, you know, Luther was uh, a fine guy, you know, definitely uh a father of the faith, but that's good content for a study that's good content um for a discussion it's not what the sermon's for it's not what the yeah. message is for preach yeah Christ. well said john yeah you know. i think um one
0: thing that might be worth bringing up not to get into the 16th century politics and and whatnot but maybe to also to enhance the spotlight on preaching grace through faith in Christ alone kind of thing is to eliminate the caricature that we often have of those guys Mm -hmm. where we think, Oh yeah, Luther was exactly this way. Calvin was exactly this way. Beza and Zwingli and whatever. Um, and we end up kind of caricaturing them where, uh, I mean, honestly, you know, Luther would probably have uh, Bradley and I thrown in prison for being Kra baptists yeah, w- which is, you know, <laughs> he was a product of his time in that sense and for how we do communion and for how we do communion and and other things. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that's okay. Uh, but what we're celebrating is what was recovered. you know, just like any other uh, figure from church history, uh, whether you want to make a super recent like Packer or Sproul, you know, those guys who have died in the last several years or someone as old as Irenaeus or Chrysostom or whatever, like they were real people who who had some folly because mm-hmm.
2: they were real people. And and because they're real people, the Reformation was not without its, you know, uh, I don't want to say discrepancies, but there were debates, right? I mean, like, yeah, you, you within the big four. Debates over
0: baptism and communion. Um, and Not the big four like Metallica, Slayer, no. Megadeth, <laughs> Anthrax.
2: So I, that, that's where I think I, I agree with what you're saying. I agree with what both of you are saying
0: is that you know,
2: these, these were men who were, were flawed like we are, mm-hmm. who read their freaking Bibles. Right. <laughs> and
0: well, one of the most pivotal moments in church history came to be. You're going to get shirts made up. Read your freaking Bibles. That Oh, man. That'd be Bradley perfect. Cox. Do it. We haven't
1: had... We don't have any podcast merch. That should we be need the first one. I need to fix that. You know, j- just a little, a, a little tag along on the end there. I mean, if, um, if the congregation or those who invited you are, are expecting a more uh, reformation uh, kind of gratifying message, you could easily... Go into uh, the lyrics or, uh, of of a mighty fortress in Fisteburg mm-hmm. um, and preach Psalm 46 all day long. He's preached Psalm 46 all day long. Ever present help in time of trouble, God of Jacob is our fortress. Uh, you know, you could even tie it back to uh, uh, to the violent conflicts that came out of the Reformation. For Pete's sake. Uh, but uh, focus on Christ, Brian. Amen.
2: Mm. Seems to be a theme this far in the
0: show. So here's, mm.
1: here's
0: curveball, ah, the Doxology
1: Podcast. Go figure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a, a curveball of a question, pun intended, uh, from Austin Dobbs, who asks, "Who will be the next Major League Baseball player to join the 700 club with Pat Robertson?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't name a single. Major League Baseball
0: yeah, player. So, so Albert Pujols just hit his seventh, 700th career home run, which must be some kind of divine justice for God cursing him with the last name of Pujols. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pause right here. Remember how like 15 minutes ago, Fifteen minutes ago, on the recording of the program, this is going. This is going on on the final. Remember, I said all oh, Cody's having a big brother watch party <laughs> or a bachelorette <laughs> b- b- watch yeah. party. My freaking Alexa show on my desk just said, "Who won the most recent bachelorette?" <laughs> As like That's a a question, guys. I'm telling you, freaking sky big brothers Continu- after you. Continue. Sorry, that was my that was my objection to a baseball related question. <laughs> I love baseball, but I know nothing mm-hmm. about the people who play it. I mean, so in terms of
0: people who have hit seven hundred home runs in Major League history, you have, you have Barry Bonds, mm-hmm. if you count him, you have Hank Aaron, you have Albert Pujols, and is that it? Is it just three?
1: I Mark,
2: McGuire, Mark McGuire. No,
0: he hit seven hundred.
2: No, he he was 500s. he was in the
0: fives.
1: Yeah, the I remember the that's like the only thing historical I remember was Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa duking it out that scene which was so much fun to watch. I think I was in middle school then. All right, let's see. Who is the fourth
0: one that I missed?
1: This audio break brought to you by Cody Fields iPhone. Come on, where is it?
0: Oh Ruth, how did I miss Babe Ruth? Such a failure, uh, brain <laughs> fart moment. So Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, Albert Pujols, uh, who just hit seven hundred. Well, mean, color I, me impressed. I don't know. You're talking about four people in all of history
1: that have done yeah. it. That's mm-hmm. uh, no, that's pretty cool. No, I, I, I love the game of baseball. I just I can't follow s- the statistics and and people who play. I just I, regardless of the sport, I've never been able to. Yeah. I think you're gonna you you have to look at someone
0: who stays healthy for a long time. Well, I was about to say the same thing. It's not just can
2: you hit home runs. Yeah. It's can you hit home runs and take care of your body well enough yeah. to mm. do it over a long period of time.
0: One of the amazing things about Hank Aaron hitting 755 is he never hit 50 home runs in a season.
2: Yeah, he just had he's, that many consistent. Yeah,
0: he's just so consistent, mm. 30, 40, mm. forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is amazing. Last question from Mike Springstead: The current cultural advice for kids, so from the culture to kids, is to only read what someone tells you not to. Right? Does that make sense to everybody? The whole subversive kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If 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 this were carried over to music, which Tomlin song should be your call to worship on Sunday? (laughs) So which which Chris Tomlin song? Is everyone telling us to stop doing that? We would have to start doing again.
1: Mm. I got to go to good. Good father. I'm so tired of that song still. See, he's, he stole good, good father. So I I have a hard time claiming that one for him, which Um, is fair. But like, I mean, honestly, when you think
0: good, good father, who, who do you think of?
1: Right. Right. You think Tom, That's, that's fair. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there's one, man, I used to play this all the time is, uh, is called a worship, uh, back in the early 2010s. Uh, I, yeah, I can remember the chords. I can remember the progression. I just can't, uh, um, can't do it. I keep wanting to sing because of your love by, by Belos in my head, but it's not, it's obviously not that, um, I'm oh, looking uh, at this. Here, list. Is it here? Uh um here I am. Here uh How great is our God? Man, why can't I remember that? Um I'm looking at this list and just
2: remembering <laughs> how much of this we used to do and how often.
0: We we honestly have not done Justin. Oh, John is grab his guitar.
1: I can't I can't place it. I can't place it. <laughs> no, I'm still doing Paul Paul Balash. Well, I guess that just goes to show: don't play Chris Tomlin, play Paul Balash. <laughs> Paul Balash always musically superior to Chris Tomlin. Absolutely. By the way, talking about musically superior things, Rich Mullins, my favorite artist of, of probably all times, Christian or not, um, you know, obviously passed away back in '97. A group of individuals has had started a Kickstarter about a year ago. Kevin Max uh, is one of the artists, uh, formerly of DC Talk fame, uh, Auto Adrenaline frontman for uh, for about two years released a project uh, called bellsberg project and it is a reimagining of a lot of classic uh, rich mullins tunes um hmm. in uh in a very sort of uh, folk forward sort of way really cool stuff and it's got some really good ones uh, elijah um the here in america ones like the just ones that that i adored as a kid uh and uh, it's coming out on vinyl in April. So uh, I'm excited for that too. For all you audiophiles. Mm-hmm. It just sounds better.
0: All right. Any any parting words for episode two hundred? Congrats, Cody. Two hundred episodes. And and to the two of you too, for yeah. co hosting. I mean. You were kind of involved. Mm-hmm.
1: Somehow my MacBook <laughs> still hasn't run out of space after two episodes. So
0: shout out to, shout out to, <laughs> to Apple. Shout out
1: to Apple, I guess.
0: <laughs> uh, take that, Kyle Daly. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle <laughs> hates Max with a burning fiery
1: passion. And I make well, fun of him for it every chance I get. So you know, he's he's a software developer and and as a uh, as an enterprise systems engineer myself. Uh, it's okay. We don't expect software developers to know everything. Uh, I mean, they can only make so many mistakes in one day. So we, we've got to, we've got to let them, uh, you know, focus on, uh, focus on themselves.
0: That's yeah. And we got to give Kyle a hard time anyway. Uh, he, for the record, Kyle does my circuit board layouts and he does a fantastic job. He does it way better than I ever could. So
1: yeah, he does. Oh, also, uh, the new chick delay art. Uh, yes. Looking, uh, Go buy a new Chick Really delay. good. I uh, I like the uh, um, the repeated theme of the rooster. Yeah. Uh, you know, as if it were a delay. Also, your demo video on Streets Have No Name. I think you were, you know, inappropriately on the bridge pickup. I was. Yeah. Yeah. Edge plays that on position four on a strat. I know. So, but I don't have a strat right now. What are you waiting on. Don't worry about it. Fair enough. Thanks for well,
0: listening. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Westminster Effects <laughs> Oxology Podcast. Go love God, love your neighbor, and make some music. We'll see you next week.